Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's episode of Bloomington Spirits. I'm your host, Josh, and guys, this week we have an individual who's probably our most energetic guest so far, and his name is Henry Miller. Henry is a senior musical theater guy just like me, and if you've ever been in the DeVault lobby, it's almost guaranteed that you'll have heard his classic hunya or seen his beaming smile. In the conversation, we get to dive into a lot of fun stuff, including his time helping Snoopy save Cedar Point this summer, his love for Pippin, and the origins of his new nickname, Pink Poodle. I also have a fun announcement for you guys. The podcast now has an Instagram page. I haven't posted anything yet, but you can find us at Raised Sales Media, uh, which is S-A-I-L-E-S. And if you follow it, you'll get updates on new episodes, new podcasts, which I'm excited to announce soon, and so much more. But with all that housekeeping finished, please sit back, grab your favorite drink, and of course, enjoy. Well, hey there, Henry. Sup? Dude, I'm very happy that you are on the pod. Uh, how You just came over from work. How's it been working at American Eagle, right? Listen, we're selling that denim. Oh, get it closer. Yeah, no, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> so we're selling that denim. Selling that Making denim. that money. Hey, you need, you need, your, fall, you need your fall denim. It's, it's yeah. a must-haves. If you need a fall outfit, come to American Eagle. <laughs> is, this your, is this your first retail job you've worked? Yeah. <laughs> yeah? Okay, well, what's that like? Because well, like you're in what, like week three or something of this? Yeah, it's like... Uh, I've been there for about a month, so. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, yeah. So you I got mean, your, you got I'm your footing. I finally understand it, but like, I finally memorized where everything was in the store. Mm-hmm. But then today they decided we're gonna do a new set of no. products. Everything's gone. I'm like, that's the worst. Great. When this I worked, yeah. When I worked at Calvin Klein, we would we would switch things up probably about every two and a half months. And I feel like every time I just get okay, great. I have I have somewhat of an idea of where everything is, and mm-hmm. then gone yeah gone well, yeah they gave me a code name oh yes the, what's your code the name employees have code names okay well they they usually do an animal and a color great and since a lot of animals and colors have been given out already um my manager she looks at me and she goes what about pink poodle <laughs> and i just am like why why and she goes Oh, pink poodle just suits you. And I'm like, whatever. I guess I'm pink poodle. <laughs> pink now. poodle now. Well, I like the alliteration at least. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. Like, it's not too. Up? What was your uh, heartbreak, Henry? Heartbreak that was last Henry. night. We had a wonderful uh, little alliteration <laughs> party last night. A clever idea. I was judgy Josh carried around a gavel, but yours was inventive. I liked because he just had he had a little broken hearts so, like very last paper movie, hearts, you know. Hey, but sometimes the things they throw together. <laughs> I I bought mine at Party City for five bucks twenty oh, minutes City. before. I know, right? Coming through clutch. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we uh, what are we drinking today, my friend? What is it? It's a nice rum and coke. <laughs> See, Henry. Okay, Henry. I was having when I was asking him like, "What's your favorite drink? What you want to have?" He's like, "Whatever." And I said, "Well, I know you like some rum and cokes." And I thought, what a better title than a harder Coke for Henry. Because yeah. last week we had Sam who had a had a nice um, Coke, but it was not uh, spiked. Oh. But this, yeah. But you know, we like harder to play. We like, we like to play things a little harder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, playing a little hardball. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. You're fine. Peaked a little bit, but no worries. <laughs> um, but okay so you're starting this job and i feel like one thing that is a struggle at least for me throughout like the four years of, is kind of just like balancing life between school and rehearsals for shows oh, yeah. and things like that and working what's been your kind of experience with that and finding you know pr- places of trying to prioritize things in your life well one thing i've found out especially recently is that I'm one of those people who kind of needs to stay busy because mm, yeah. if I'm not like anxiety, I'm the that. same way. You like, like once you're in that, in that rut, I mean not rut, but like in that 
zone of like getting getting things done. You can't dwell on anything. Yeah. And so this semester's been a little bit different compared to others because I'm not in a show mm-hmm. and I'm I'm just working trying to save some money before the big move to the big city. Is this is this your first semester where you're not in like a big show? Yep. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So it's kind of been like a whole like 180. I'm like, what's happening? Yeah. Do you, but, um, <laughs> like, wow. So what do I do just, now? Yeah. That, it's like, I'm like, six. I can be a normal, normal student. I know. What? Right. It's but, a, it's a weird feeling. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's nice. Cause I can relax a little bit, but like, yeah, I can, I'm, I work, I'm oh my gosh, I can't talk. You're fine. I'm at my best when I'm staying busy. Like it, right. it forces me to stay on top of everything. Like right now I'm kind of becoming like, I procrastinate a lot now. Cause I'm uh-huh. like, I've got a week to finish that. I can do it later. <laughs> that was me with my public oral homework today. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. That class. That class. It's, it's the worst. It's, it's the literally worst. the worst. I had my first speech uh, on Thursday, last Thursday. Yeah, how'd it go? And, well, it went perfectly <laughs> fine. I was, like, shocked because I was like, I feel like I'm doing pretty good uh, compared to everybody else, or at least decently. And I put this thing together in, like, five minutes. Yeah. But that's a that's a joy and glory of our majors that I we know. can kind of pull like <laughs> speeches and stuff out of our asses we're like here you go you want, want a, speech? a speech there you go, <laughs> go. but i oh, i did a bad thing in a class i would count how many times people would say ums that, in their that's, speeches that's, that's how it got me through the class i'm mm-hmm. like you said um, um 75 times in that five minute speech <laughs> get it together that, cheyenne that doesn't surprise me my my dad when i was uh, like sixth seventh grade that age um my dad would be like okay um i'm just gonna say um every time you say um so i'd be like well you know i was um and he'd be like um 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 uh-uh. um um and to like I, I pester just, it out of me. i would have walked out of well i mean i was i was mad when he when he did it but i'm also happy because now i don't do it anymore hmm. so well, i'm gonna keep an eye that, on that little podcast to be like, is it coming? <laughs> start, start um 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 if i hear um i'm just gonna be like um <laughs> so do you have uh what's your course load like this semester busy as always because yeah. i didn't take really any AP mm-hmm. classes in high school, so I'm like right. getting all those gen eds. Yeah, but I mean, like the like theater stuff's easy. Like I'm just yeah, in dance yeah. classes, the typical stuff, mm-hmm. not too much. But like my gen ed load is ridiculous. That, that stinks. I'm in uh, three gen ed classes and then one class for my minor, okay. and I'm like, which which is your business minor? Yeah, my business minor. Which how's how's that been going? Listen, um, Kelly is not my strong suit. <laughs> I, let me tell you. Okay, every Kelly class I've taken at the yes. beginning of the semester, like. Because most of the classes I take are for the minors or people uh-huh. getting a minor. So, like, the professors know, like, oh, these aren't normal Kelly majors. Like, these are people getting a minor. Right. Or right. trying to specialize. And so they'll always do, like, a – like, my class maybe has, like, 40 people in it. So he'll go around and be like, say your name, your year, and what your major is and why you're taking this class. Oh, great. They go through their sports marketing, uh, in informatics yes informatics you got and it, all yeah. this other marketing like business type stuff yeah like like and stuff that would like make sense yeah for you to exactly and so like they're all going down the line everyone there is like a junior or senior they get to me and i go um hey um i'm henry miller i'm a senior and i'm a musical theater major <laughs> and the moment that leaves my mouth everyone just kind of turns on like what the fuck <laughs> like who the fuck are you what are you, you like doing here turn around like, yeah listen get up get on my face clap back i'm like Sure, yeah. you might make more money than me, but yeah. but <laughs> back up. You know, I heard some uh, like I have a few friends that are that are business majors that have oh. kind of just met to <laughs> met, <laughs> met throughout the years, and they always talk to me how like Kelly professors always be like, you know, with all this investments that I've made, I'm just rolling in the dough and stuff like that. Have you experienced things like that? No, you just like cocky because professors? honestly, I just I don't listen to them. Mm-hmm. My favorite professor, Miss Gypsy. Professor oh, Gypsy. Great, great name. 
<laughs> you know, she taught my K two hundred one. Oh K-201 right, fun, isn't the that, the, that isn't that the worst class? Literally, ever? any person who is in Kelly or any association, once they take K two hundred one, they're done. They're like, game over. I'm done. Yeah. Like there are a few times where I'm like, all right, after this class, I'm gonna go sit on the railroad tracks and see what happens. <laughs> but no, there's one day, it's around Halloween. We're sitting in class, and here comes Gypsy. She's wearing bat wings. I'll like, be uh, your gypsy. <laughs> but she comes in with these bat wings, like party city looking oh ass bat wings. I'm like, Gypsy, <laughs> did you get that from uh, Lover's Playground? Like yeah. the, the sex <laughs> store? Like what's going on? Gypsy. Uh, gypsy, what's going on? And girl? like I was in a group chat because we had like case projects. Uh-huh. And like I'm still friends with these people. But I would message this girl on page. I'd be like. Look at those bat wings. Like, can you believe? <laughs> and we would just be messaging in the middle of class. Like, Gypsy will be looking at us. We're like, that's hilarious. What's up, Gypsy? <laughs> hey, Gypsy. I love your party city wings. Hey, what, can I get a pair of those too? I'm like, Gypsy, like, you're doing something to me. Like, was it just, was it like not Halloween? Was it just ra- like a random It was. Day? It was like a week before Halloween. Okay. So I think it's because our class wasn't like, was it? On the weekend last year, she I think was just like very Friday last spirited. Year. She was very spirit. Let me tell you, she had this blonde bob, yep. and she ran around the room. And I was like, "Oh, gypsy!" <laughs> hey, you gotta be if you're she's, gonna be teaching K two hundred one. At least she was like nice and she cared to an extent. Because some of those professors were like, "Oh, you failed." Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Now you know Get you'll never be love. a success. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> not planning on using this mi- minor at all. But here we go. Here we go. Wow. So, my mom and dad just like, if you want to go to school for theater, mm-hmm. if you want to sing and dance, you got to get a business plan. I was like, hey, yeah, I mean, that's un- that's understandable. I just hate it. <laughs> yeah, it totally. I mean, so, okay, well, you're, you've been doing theater your whole life, right? Yeah. Yeah. So have they been pretty, you know, supportive of that, like, yeah. path throughout the whole? Yeah. I mean, there's uh, there's been a few times where my dad, because he's more of a realistic person, is like, mm-hmm. are you sure you want to do this? Because, like, yeah. you're going to be poor. Right. And he, he loves to remind me. That I'm gonna be, be poor. poor. And yeah. I'm like, thank you so much, Dad. I really, really appreciate it. And like, yeah, they were supportive of it, but my mom was a little bit borderline too much. Because mm. like, she'd become that stage mom. Ah. Like, she'd yeah. come to see my shows in high school, because in high school we do six performances, like just two weekends. Yeah. She'd come like. Which every, is nice. We, we only got to do yeah. one. She would come every show. Mm-hmm. Every show. That's, yeah. <laughs> and after You're every doing show, great, sweetie. opening night, I'd get like a. Maybe you should like. Be a little bigger, like a little more smiles. I'm like, okay, Jamie, got Give it. Give me a notes. And no, it'd get worse as the run would happen. Oh, like no. it, the next night, I'd be like, you said this line differently. Why? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, what? What I say differently? <laughs> I, yeah. I'm like, I didn't know. Do you she ever goes, record it? You had a pause after the word the, and I'm like, when? And she goes, I don't remember. It was just after the word the. And I'm like, thank you so much. That's, that really that's helps. It's a great me. critique, thank mom. Thank you so much. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, they were supportive and like, cool. Yeah, are they are they theatrical at all? I mean, no. I'm guessing your dad isn't. At they like to make jokes it? that they can like that. I got my singing and everything from them. Absolutely not. <laughs> are you because Abs- you have two siblings, correct? I have three. Three, right? I have an so older are, brother and two younger sisters. Oh, right, right. Do, are none of them are theater? My brother's people, right? absolutely not. Gotcha. My sister Ruby, excellent singer. Like, oh really? Wonderful, incredible. Like opera, oh, everything. Yeah. She can do it. Insane. Awesome. When Roxy, because they're twins. Uh huh. Oh really? Roxy I didn't know that. is like a badass dancer. So they both cool. got like. Yeah. They're both like really talented. But yeah, they're both nice. trying to. I, I'm. I don't know which one might pursue it. I uh-huh. think Ruby. Definitely, it looks like she's going to really try to pursue it as a career. Yeah. Roxy, maybe. I'm, I'm not fully sure. That's awesome. Yeah, my nephew, Jackson, he's he's six. Is he just here? Like, yeah, he, he was just, football? yeah, okay. yeah. And he's he's a crazy, wild kid who's just, I you know those kids where you see, like, you're going to be a theatrical person, and you would thrive in the arts. Mm-hmm. 
and they uh, my they were here this last weekend like you said and um they were talking about how they were signing up for activities that they wanted to do and stuff and i was like you know you guys should try out theater and then they're both like nah i think we're gonna do chess club and i was like chess club you're a nerd club (laughs) i was like i like chess but you can play that on your spare time. You don't need a club for that. Go do like, like what yeah, are you like, doing? I mean, you do you. You do you. But, but I'm just saying, I think I, you're gonna thrive more. Even though theater kids usually get bullied. I think yeah. You wanna do you wanna be the one kid who just like is making chess puns constantly? But also if you're if you're if he's a badass, no one's gonna bully him. Yeah, I mean like what I'm if sorry, what, what if he's like not... Bobby Fisher level, you know? Yeah. He's gonna go and be like What if they write a musical about him? Chess two point Chess two And is and it's just about Jackson. It's just about Jackson. There we go. <laughs> I mean I'd be there. Front they'll, row. they'll have a whole new anthem and then... I, it would be perfect. There we go. Opening at Broadway. <laughs> wow. Jackson guys, will be the just, star. Let's write it right now. There we go. Let's do let's it. Throw up the eight-year-old on stage. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. let's be honest and give it, give a few years to get it off the off the ground. Yeah, because you got to workshop it a little right, bit. And then right, right. Got there. Yeah, so he'll age let's into the it, role. Let's take it to BPP perfection. What more do we? Okay, I. Sorry, guys. We're gonna cut this podcast short. We're gonna start. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. Well, I I uh, I love that for you, man. I mean, I I feel like families. Um, whether they're theatrical or not. And I've I've noticed a lot more than I expected that with these pods that people tend to have less artistic families mm-hmm. and they can tend to be like kind of a black sheep of their it's, family. It's weird. Like I'm not uh, before. Yeah. I mean, yes, I have like a second, third cousin who did like who um, did musicals in high school. Uh-huh. But I'm the only one who's actually like pursued it like mm-hmm. uh, like the first one in my family who's actively tried to like make it a career. Right. And um, yeah, it's really yeah. weird. I know my dad's always been like, don't you want to be a doctor? I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. I said, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's this thing about, I feel like with passions, they get so, you know, they're so personal that there's times where you're trying to describe it to people that you just like, they, it's, it's hard to make it click. Like for, I mean, what's, what would you say is like your dad's like super passionate about? doesn't have to be his job or anything, but just huh. like, um, not to put you on the spot. I kind of did put me on the spot. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, you got um, it. well, I'd say he's one thing I've really noticed is like, he's one of those people who has to work out. I, I think I get this trait from him, but he has to work out all the time mm. and he is religious with it. Oh, he is religious with it. Sorry. Yeah. With working for out and stuff. Those who don't know, I'm like, the mic is drifting away from me. <laughs> it's all good. I'm just like but, Henry, um, Henry. Yeah. He's just really <laughs> passionate about that. He, he makes sure he, he follows his uh, regiment ridiculously mm-hmm. and re- religiously. Right. What the heck am I saying? No, and also yep. he's very passionate about like music, like just music in general. Like he loves mm. uh, classic rock. Nah, cool. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Is he like one of those guys that you'll be like, all right, give me, I'm playing a song. Tell me the album and what year it is. Like he has done that to me. Like, yeah. like do you know who's singing this? And I go, is it the Beatles? And he goes, yes. <laughs> He's good like, job. Good job. And I'm proud of you, son. I'm like, okay, <laughs> great. That's awesome. Uh, my dad's a lot like that as well. Um, but you, so, I mean, he's saying that we, you're going to be poor, but you've been working every summer, man. Yeah. You've been, you've been killing it over at the Cedar Point game. 
you know um, and, <laughs> and we've never really gotten to uh, unpack that and Uh-oh. yeah i can't <laughs> wait I'm, i your face is just telling me there's a box of worms right there and i'm excited I mean, to mine it there's so much there's a whole much there's so much you're just getting flabbergasted about it I, yeah it, it's so overwhelming i can't talk so it's hey, fine you're fine you just need somebody to put words in front of yeah, you exactly. and then I you'll just need a cue card. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah so that i mean you've been doing cedar point to this is your second was this your was second this past summer was my second cool season and what's because you've done because you also have done um other like summer work yeah. too so what when comparing like you know your actual i'm doing a show of putting like i got four weeks to have a rehearsal and I'm putting it up after tech and everything what's like your what's the life like just between that versus your theme park mm world well there's a lot of similarities i think uh-huh. well, like in the sense of like you put up the show really, like especially in the summer stock world because mm-hmm. like with our university shows we get like three months or so to put yeah, up a show yeah. crazy like, like way too long it's insane um but like for example dames at sea with uh-huh. iu summer theater i did that after my freshman year here right right and um we had two weeks i believe it was two weeks to put it up which is honestly the same rehearsal time we had for our 30 minute show at cedar point mm. um which is insane to think about like a two hour long musical compared to a 30 minute show. And we're having the same rehearsal process. Right. But so what do you, what also just for the listeners, what, yeah. like what is your like 30 minute show at like consist of? Um, to, like, well, a- my first year it was called lights, camera action. Okay. And it was like a movie musical review. So we were singing, Fun. dancing, everything. Right. To, uh, tap dancing, literally everything. And then this year it was called beach blanket beagle. And it um, was with Snoopy. It was like a 50s, 60s Beach Boy-esque Fun. Fun. show. Like review more so. Uh-huh. But it had like actual plot. Like Snoopy, like the beach was getting uh, demolished to become a parking lot. And we needed to raise oh, some no. money. So Snoopy came in to help us do a dance contest, a surf contest. Thank God for Snoopy. And spoiler alert. Oh, no. He ended up being a tiki god. <gasps> right? Snoopy's and a god? He, and he brought so and he sense. like said the treasure we were searching for was in the tiki's. Wait, we have these tiki's. Snoopy talked? Well, he did his little Oh, okay. Like gibberish. I was going to I was going to say it was like that's that's but moving. <laughs> Waikiki who was played by my friend Jason who I love dearly. He um he was like the translator of Snoopy. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> but uh there's a line that's like the treasure you seeky is in the tiki's. You're like, "Oh my god." First of all, "Oh my god." And then the we had two giant tiki heads on each side of the stage. Yeah. And the coins, like the little money and everything, came pouring out of their noses. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah. And then talk we about the production beach. value. We saved the beach. Wow. Wow. So I mean, let I'm yes. Moved. The the toughest part about theme park work is one. Yes, you have to build up that stamina, endurance. It's hard. Like it's hard on your. Because you do like what six shows a day. We did Probably five more. shows a day, except for on Saturdays we did six, and we got one day off a week. <sighs> so I think it was like thirty. Between 31 and 36 shows a week, yeah. and we did a total of 354 wow. both summers. Um, That's off. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah it's something. <laughs> but uh, the hardest part, I think, is like because in an actual like show show, right. you have this like kind of deeper text, and you really get to analyze it and put like more artistic integrity into it. But like the theme park show, it's more campy, very happy. There's never mm-hmm. really anything serious because it's a theme park. We want everyone to be happy. Right. You know? Right. So I think the hardest part as being a musical theater major and a performer, it's like, I mean, yes, it's like easier work in that sense. Like it's an easier show to like learn. Right. But it takes a toll on you in different ways. But 
and the hardest part is just keeping it fresh because you do it 354 mm. times. Yeah. So. How, how did you keep it fresh? Would you just like, well, yeah, I'm excited to hear well, this. Well, okay. <laughs> hopefully none of my supervisors slash former employers hear this, but there were <laughs> definitely crossed. some shows where I would perform a thing that my boyfriend cultivated called a 90-10. Ah. And I was like, when I, he first told me about it, I was like, what What the hell is that? He goes, it's when you give 90% face, 10% body. Ah. So that's how like you keep yourself from falling yeah, apart. Yes. You just give it all in the face. That's very So yeah. I would do that sometimes. And also there's sometimes where we would we would play little games in the cast. Uh-huh. Like sometimes we would play um what do we call it? I don't remember what it was called, but it was basically like tag. Uh-huh. But if you got tagged, you had to go balls to the wall like two hundred percent energy. <laughs> so everyone else would be doing like a like a ninety percent show, like just grooving whatever. Yeah. And you'd see like everyone just poning, and you'd see someone over here looking like they just snorted snorted a bunch of coke like, <laughs> doing ponies. It's like what the hell is going on with them? Is them? this person all right? Like are they are they good? <laughs> and then you just double call theme park security. That's awesome. But That's it, so it, funny. But it was like it would also cause us to like break. Yeah. But we break character all the time because things would happen to the audience. Like there's one show. Um, we would dance in an audience, and mm-hmm. this guy named Christian was dancing with this little girl, and he went back up to the stage. Uh-huh. The girl followed him. Oh, no. But when I say little girl, I mean, like, maybe elementary school, borderline middle school. So, oh, I'm like, okay. you should know yeah, better yeah, not yeah. to <laughs> follow them, especially when they give you a high five saying, good, good job, job, and, and leave. leaves. <laughs> you don't follow them. This girl, we're on stage dancing with these beach balls. What song? It was like round and round, or so. it was like peppermint twist, peppermint twist. Okay. We're up there doing this choreo, and we're all just in this V formation. There's like people on the lip of the stage, and we just look over. We see Christian making these faces. We're like, "What's happening? What's what's wrong? Like, are you hurt?" <laughs> and we see this little girl running down the aisle. Oh of the theater, no! Leaps like like free willy, like jumping, <laughs> belly flops onto the stage, and looks up at us, and we're like. What, the, what do you do like, at that what point? What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> and then our ushers came running down to grab her. I was like, they were trying to grab someone, like, and put them in a straining jacket. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. What is happening? That's hilarious. So, like, things would happen like that. And that's what kind of got me through it. And uh, our boss would tell us find someone in the audience who's, like, living for, who is mm. 100% there. Like, you'd find a little and, like, kid. Get their is, energy. Who is, like, I want to know what happens. Like, is Snoopy going to help them? Like, right. and that's, like, adorable to see, first of all. But then oh, it's sure. like, you just do the show to them. I like that. Because there are some people who get on their phones in the front row, oh, fall yeah. asleep in the front row. I'm like, listen, listen, Toothless Becky. I get it. <laughs> toothless Becky. I get it. This is a theme park. You're here for the roller coaster. You came in for the AC that's not working because it's 94 degrees in this theater. <laughs> oh, we no. get it. We get it, Becky. You don't want to be here. We don't want to be here. <laughs> but, the, but at least don't fall asleep. But I'm like, Becky, just watch the show. Just watch. It's not that you can hard, zone, Becky. You can look at the stage and zone out. Becky. I don't care. I'm like, just keep your eyes on Becky. The stage. Caitlin just did a double pirouette into an aerial, and you're just gonna conk out. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'd like to see you get up here do that, I Becky. Said, I'm sorry that we're boring you wow. in Sandusky, Ohio. <laughs> I feel like you're probably the most exciting thing that's going on in Sandusky, Ohio. We have groupies. <laughs> we have people who would come to the show every yes, day. Yes, wait, please explain. Okay, <laughs> so we have these groupies who would come to the show. I kid you not, every day over the summer. That's every day. Wow. They, That's commitment. Apparently, they have a group chat because there's a groupie couple who invited us to go to their yacht club in Sandusky. So yeah, How old are these people? They're always – it's well, the, here's the gag. There are some kid groupies. There's Which makes sense. Elder, kid, 
kid no. group kids group no, like teenager oh, oh i thought you meant not like, like little kid well there's like a mom who bring her two sons and they were adorable and i mm. love them but um there's also elderly groupies there's families it, you get a whole range wow wow but there's one couple who invited us to the yacht club and they oh. told us yeah we have a groupie uh facebook group and i was like what do you what do you mean and he goes well all of us like regulars who come all the time we have a facebook group and we all just plan out when we're going to see the shows we make uh theories of what next year's shows are going to be uh we talk about the cast and who we like who we don't and i was like oh okay that's so it's basically some, like that's a, some passion it's like a cedar point gossip girl thing yeah. going on. I'm like what's happening <laughs> got their burn book and everything uh, oh that's mean that's girls, mean girls but but same, same thing, idea same idea yes but We'd have like the nice ones, like there's a dad and his son who would come all the time, and his the son would always give us like pictures, like he like would take a picture of the cast, get them framed, and give it to us. Oh, cute! That's really so nice. And they're also fun to like because we'd have to throw the balls to the audience, and Uh I'd always mess around with them, and vice like they just right easier. It must be nice to be able to like at least make because I mean you're they're they're doing so many shows. I mean to get make those personal connections. Oh yeah, that that must that must be like something to save it. I, well. And not only that, I mean, just practice for the eight days a week shows that you'll, I mean, eight shows a week days that you'll have in the future. That, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that must be, feel like nothing to you after oh, it's that. So like I came back last year and I found myself getting frust- frustrated during Pippin, like the rehearsal process for Pippin ah. and uh, shows for Pippin because people would be coming to rehearsals. Yes, we have classes all day and we have rehearsals and everything, right. but they'd be coming and be like, I'm just so tired. Like, I can't do this. And I'm like. I don't listen think you here, know what tired is. <laughs> I said, listen here. Yeah, sometimes you just gotta lay down the law, Henry. Yeah, and mean, if there's any anybody who wants to lay down the law, I'd say it's Henry. Oh, you know where? The, well, you know we're at now. Like freshman year, Henry would never have done it. He'd be like, "No, are no. we good? You like me? Are you sure? <laughs> are we friends?" But now it's more like, "Oh, you, you don't like me." Which is which You're is your loss. Yeah, which is something that I I'm very just from an outsider. Henry, I love you with all my heart, and I too, buddy. I love you too. Like, uh, and one thing that I've really been happy to see you grow in in your in your time here is just like your self confidence. Because I mean, for a long for a long time, I mean, like you said, that do you like me? Freshman year, freshman year. I (laughs) and but now, I mean, I haven't like nobody's made like any like jokes or jabs about that and like what feels like years now because you're so you're so like in your own yeah yeah would you think like i mean i'm sure there's a lot of stuff that's a kind of accumulated to that feeling but do you what what do you think has like really helped you find that well i mean it's still there a little bit to an extent well yeah because anxiety and uh, everybody always has their insecurities anxiety and insecurities kick in here and there yeah and it's like the like you can ask Katie. I asked her all the time. I'm like, are you sure you, you'd want to live with me in New York? <laughs> like I've asked her probably like three times in the last week. Yeah. Uh, so I mean like the, some people really close to me, I still will ask. I'm like, am I being annoying? Just cause I'm like, I know they'll be straight and be like, no, you're fine. Shut right. up. Go right. sit in a corner or something. <laughs> but it's not like, I'm not going to worry about trying to get approval from like, for example, like I remember uh sophomore, junior year, I'd be going up to freshmen and be like, let's be friends. My name's Henry. You, you have to love me or else I'm going to die. Right. And I'm just like, What's your name again? Yeah. But I think one thing that's helped, I mean, yes, I've been through some stuff that's like made me jaded. Like, yep. Had, 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 so, had some, had some years. We've had some to years. Say, like, to say the Sloppy least. sophomore year was train wreck. <laughs> and that was, wreck. that's a year for the ages that I hope we never go back yeah. to. And it wasn't just me. It was like a lot of people. Oh, I think, I think sophomore year for everyone in our class was a <laughs> big turning like, point. We're like, what's happening? Why are we all like <laughs> dying? Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, 
But I think it's like one Cedar Point really helped because one I'm well I met my boyfriend there who mm-hmm. really kind of helped build me up a lot. Like he helped build up a lot of security in myself mm-hmm. and just kind of opened my eyes to like seeing like you don't have to, you don't have to be friends with everyone. You don't have to have everyone to like you. Right. And I think that's just a really important lesson. Like people aren't gonna like you. Mm-hmm. They'll have their reasons, and yeah. even if it's like irrelevant, like they might just be jealous. Absolutely. It could be anything. You should can't dwell on it because that's just gonna bring you down. It makes you focus less on your growth as a performer, as a person. You just I 100% agree. I mean, there's, I feel like there's a, a especially in the performing world, since, you know, we are so much of, we're we're such people that, like, our our entire purpose is about, like, giving other people thoughts and joy and, you know, getting them to empathize with us in our performance, that we carry that with us into our daily lives, I think. A lot of us, and a lot of us have a hard time you know, finding that balance. And like you said, I, I, I think there there might be some people in the world who are like, oh, well, you should try to get everybody to like you. But it's just that's not a realistic view. Like my my and parents. Oh, sorry. No, go, 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 no, no, you go. And like <laughs> the whole the whole thought of like, I'm trying to be a people pleaser. I can understand how some people want to have that aspect of in their life. But I think there's something to be said about being comfortable in your own skin and knowing that everybody else, when you think about there, see them in from afar, they're likely chances are they're thinking about themselves instead of other people. That's one thing that I've kind of come to terms with is that people aren't thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves for the most part. It's like, I grew up, my parents were always like, you have to be nice to everyone. You have to try to be friends with everyone. I get it. Like, that's like a very... And there's nothing wrong no, with like being I think it's very kind. Like, yeah. I think it's a very high school, middle schoolish mentality of like, I have to get everyone to like me. Otherwise, I'm not doing my best or mm-hmm. like not including everyone. But I'm like, not, my self-worth isn't yeah, valid. And like, but that's not a real thing in the real world. You can't be friends with everyone because you at all. will butt heads with people's personalities. Like, they could be a nice person. But because, like, something about their personality just does not fit with you, right. you won't like them. Right. It just happens. But, like, um, I was about to say, I had something, but it's gone now. And it's all um, Oh, but, like, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean. But like, I know exactly what you mean. And especially in this business, we are always competing, mm-hmm. no matter what. And it's, like, unfortunately, this business is, like, the only one out there, really, where it's legal to, like, discriminate someone based on their looks, about their mm-hmm. appearance. It, like... It's it's allowed, right? Because it's like, well, unfortunately, have, yeah, it's, it's allowed. But yeah. so I think that just takes a toll on people. Like, yes, you're t- like growing as a like um, your talent is very important, but you need to like build yourself your and mm-hmm. yeah to like prepare yourself for that rejection. For they're gonna be like, yeah, you didn't get this role because you're too heavy, you're too tall, and it's also like things you can't control. Like your eyes aren't hazel. We need hazel. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, like for like perfect example say you're doing you're auditioning for i don't know um the uh i'm trying to think of a a good example um say you're auditioning for aladdin or something and especially like your dream like say from a kid you're you're a white kid from a midwestern town you've watched aladdin over and over run out your vcr tapes and you just want to be the genie like with all of your heart but with the way that it is now you're most likely going to have a black genie yeah. uh if it's an equity production which there's nothing wrong with that i mean i love what they did with james Englehart jr i mean yeah. they, they made it a very distinct different it's version incredible. than rock yeah i mean it's great and you 
knowing to that part going into that place where like you know you're not going to get that part that you've been working for your whole life or just solely based off something that you can't control um that's a hard thing to swallow but once you swallow it i feel like it opens you to a lot of doors yeah and like beyond that it's like there's so many shows out there where you can fit into where other people can't so it's like you kind of it's like yes it's upsetting that like yes you can't play your dream role because of how things are but at the same time you have so many other opportunities that other people don't Mm -hmm. so i think once you accept that like swallow pill like you said you can fully see those opportunities and like okay well i can just do this and like move your passion that way like yeah absolutely cool well i think that this is a perfect time to take a little break uh get a little refill on our drinks pop off uh we will be right back listeners stay tuned yes you know, listeners, where some podcasts have breaks in their episodes, you know, to bring you sponsors like Quips and Audible and LinkedIn, whatever it may be, I like to bring you guys a little bit of plugs for other shows and things and events that are going on uh, in the department here at IU. As you guys know, like I mentioned last week, we have By the Bog of Cats going on this weekend. Uh, there's a few more performances. Uh, it closes on Saturday, October 5th. They have two performances that day. You can get tickets at theater.indiana.edu. Guys, I saw it last week. It was incredible. Elise Chase kills it with her thesis role as Hester Swain. Please make sure that you go to get to see that. We also have Better, which is a new play by Isaac Reed. Uh, I know Isaac from doing Universal Robots with him last year. He's a great actor and an incredible playwright. That show goes up October 4th and 5th. In A200, it is free. Uh, There's two performances on Friday, one at 7 and one at 11. And then there is also a 7 7 o'clock performance on Saturday. Along with that, guys, next Saturday, uh, this following one, which I believe is what the... My calendar is pulling up right now. The 12th, I believe. Yes. We have a UP Cabaret, which is grunge-themed, you know, in honor of the upcoming show American Idiot, which I am very happy to be a part of. Uh, But that is taking place at the Derm, my apartment, in the attic, which is 2001 East 3rd Street. There is an admission of $5, but it's going to be a great time. A lot of grunge-themed music. Uh, So come on by, support your fellow friends, doing some art, and support university players. Uh, But without that, uh, without further ado, guys, uh, let's get back to the episode. Well, hello, everyone. We are back. Got our got our glasses filled. (laughs) (laughs) Round two. Um, So, Henry, what's up? We got to chat a little bit about how you've grown in uh, your, you know, your personal life and everything and uh, in your time here at school. But what would you say are like your of our okay our core musical theater things of singing acting and dancing blah blah you can expand behind beyond mm-hmm. that but in practicalness to our profession where do you think that you have kind of grown the most within your time here i mean it's hard to point out a specific thing of where i think i've grown the most um i think well i think i've grown a lot in dance because one i focused on that a lot in the last four semesters like the last four years mm-hmm. every semester i've been in one if not two dance classes every semester i mean right. i will not take a single semester where i'm not taking dance i, w- I just won't mm-hmm. but um so i think i've grown a lot there i wish I, just, I had that <laughs> and i just feel a lot more confident in that but i think it's weird it's like yes i think we've all grown so much in just like everything literally everything mm-hmm. but i think like once i find a certain lesson or something that clicks with me it instantly like just 
makes things easier for me. Do you like, think you have one like that off the top of your head? Well, that... one thing, two things that have happened, especially, well, three, three. Great. Uh, one, two of them are a voice and one is acting. Great. Um, when it comes to voice stuff, one actually just happened like two weeks ago with Terry. Yeah. Because he's, he's been I talking about like lessons. opening your throat, mm-hmm. like moving your larynx forward. Yeah. Opening up like, like that yawn space. Yeah. But then uh, if you keep that, but just m- manipulate the mouth and like mm-hmm. placement of your articulation, it can be legit and pop, but in the same placement in your throat. Right. Relieving all that tension. I'm like, holy shit. Where the fuck has this been? I know, right? So that that's really helped a lot. And then last, uh, I think it was sophomore year, Terry kept bringing it up that it sounded like I was singing in my throat, mm. which is, which I think it was more so my tongue was the issue that Ray and I found, which helped a lot. And then we pulled it all forward, and I'm I pulling it forward like all singing like in a nasal spot. Yeah, uh, which I learned a lot at Cedar Point because that's what they have you do at theme park work because they're just like sing in your. Yeah, face, in like your mask in your nose as much as you can. You're gonna you're gonna tire your voice if you don't. Right. Period. So those like helped me so much. And it's like once I learned those things, fixed. Yeah. And I could I could progress get those high C's, high E's. Yeah, Perfect. I mean like with all the stuff that I've been working with, Terry, I mean this the same stuff. And in, in our lessons, I'm I'm already in the same spot where I mean I'm not hitting C's and E's, but like you know you can B, feel it growing. B flats for me is yeah like, you can feel like, it growing. Yeah. It's easier. It's like what the fuck? and it also just feels like you're in that zone where you can just let your sound go mm-hmm. with like you know feeling that full support. But also it's it, it it's kind of weird because my voice is like still getting. I'm still trying to find my mix like yeah. super well. Yeah, and so getting in that zone uh, where my voice like is kind of like. You know, it's a muscle. You haven't worked out these sections, and you're just like making all these like weird like oh, sounds or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm just happy that we have professors like that who are yeah. who are there to you know. And then like when it comes to acting, oh, which yes. is uh, song the first oh, acting the song acting the song mm-hmm. that changed the way I felt about like acting like really figuring out what the words meant in the song. Mm-hmm. I'm like, holy shit. What the fuck have I been doing the last <laughs> eighteen years? Yeah, it's. It, I mean, that alone of just hit, making us dissect the text before we got the music. That alone, just you know. I still hate monologuing the song. Oh yes, absolutely. I hate that because I, I want to speak it in rhythm, and I'm like, that's yeah. not right. That just isn't right. Yeah. But like really analyzing it, like you said, like. Mm-hmm. Shit, like some of the songs I sang, I'm like, this is a happy song. I'm like, no, this is fucked up. Yeah, like this yeah. is real fucked up. Do you do you have a, a song that you've you came in with school, came in with like when you came here, and you still like love to sing, like yeah, you know I'm a slut for Pippin. Oh yes, because of I course. I love that show so much because I just think it's so fascinating. Like the more I delve into it and think about, because for do you, those who yeah, don't, yeah, for those on. who don't know. Pippin's a fucked up show. Oh yes, very especially much the so. ending where they try to make him commit suicide. If you didn't know that, well, that's coming. It's coming. Yep, get ready. I remember um, my boyfriend DJ and I. I made him watch the uh, revival of it, mm-hmm. the circus version, because I found so a bootleg good. of it. And he's like, "I've never actually." And it was because we were doing Pippin last year. He uh-huh. came down to visit, and I'm like, "Let's watch Pippin." And he goes, "I've never really watched it." He's like, "Isn't it like really campy and annoying and like cute?" And I'm like, "No." No. And we're Bob watching. Bossy turned yeah, that. He, over. Yes, he did. And like we're watching it, and he's like invested but he's like it's campy and cute like you said it was fucked up and i said watch 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 we get to the finale well we get to i guess i missed a man yeah i guess i'll miss the man and he's like why wait what, what, what's happening and then the finale happens yeah and i kid you not 
I've never seen him more shook in my life. Like we're laying in bed, like we're literally laying in bed watching this, like just chill. And out of nowhere, he shoots up, scoots to the edge of the bed. And I'm like, are you good? And he goes, shut up. And I'm like, okay. That, that's the thing about the show. I feel like Pippin, I mean, it's become such like a pinnacle of musical theater. Um, or at least I feel like in, in people who know musical theater, it's, it's a very well-known, like yeah. groundbreaking show. Um, and I feel like it gets a lot of flack for that, but there's, it's so rich. There's, I mean, it was the first musical I saw. So I, it's always going to have that special place yeah. in my heart. Well, do you, would you say there's like a certain reason of why it really, you know, I gets just, you? I think, well, one, I think every musical theater tenor fucking sings corner of the sky. Oh yes. Hell, hell yes, I just sang absolutely. it. Uh, what? A week ago in, uh, or two weeks ago in Senior Showcase. Oh, yeah. And everyone kind of gave me this fucking look like, are you fucking are kidding you me? Kidding? bringing this shit I was out. Like, I'm like, listen. But you sounded great on I'm like, it, listen, so. I haven't prepared anything. This song I can whip out with yeah. no problem. I actually, that was one of the first songs. I actually, well, I did With You was the first song I learned in Oh my in God, I remember lessons. you saying that freshman year. I did. That was the first song I sang <laughs> at IU. Um, but I think it's just like every time I think about, like, really think about the show, you can, and like, especially when you know the ending. Yeah. When you watch it again or you reanalyze the script again, you will find moments where the leading player or other players are slipping up, mm. especially in Act 2 when Catherine's like, you know, fucking everything yeah. up. You think, oh, she's just a ditzy player, whatever. Right. But when she's like, warn, like low key warning him, like, especially in the scene, um, what is it? It's after the little uh, anniversary party scene where she's like, right. Quinn's With splitting the, yes. Flambe, whatever. Why do I know this so Wait, well? Uh, well we, 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 we were both we were both like part of the production. Yeah, but you know what I'm talking about. It's yeah, like yeah. when it's her, Theo, and Pippin at the table, and she's like, uh, "You can stay here, be happy, blah blah blah." And then leading player keeps coming out like to correct her because she's fucking up the lines. Right. I like the more I think about, it, I'm like, holy shit! Like, whenever like she's like he's like saying like I need to find something. This isn't it. This isn't fulfilling. And she goes, "Well, what if there's nothing else?" She's like trying to fucking warn him without yeah. fucking telling him that he's gonna. Be asked to kill himself. Yeah, like, it's it's layered. It's, it's a layered, layered show. Like, when you watch it the first time, you don't pick up on it because mm-hmm. you're just like, especially if you happening? have a good director who who can like really find those moments. Period. Which it was really great to be able to work with Ken on that show. Oh my god! Yes. Because I I was really lucky to have that be my first like foray into a grand directing world. Because I mean, his attention to detail, man, like it's, he it was. It, it it really it really comes through when you when you have somebody who like understands what this show needs what I mean, not just P- Pippin specifically but like any show what the show yeah. needs and what it's trying to challenge the audience with yeah and then being able to prod, poke and prod wherever you need one thing I really liked about his direction um, is that he let the actors like kind of build the show themselves like he'll mm-hmm. he'll give like a bone structure like do this right but then he'd watch it play out. And he'd be like, okay, we're going to do that again. Try this, try this, go. Mm-hmm. And he'd really let the actors kind of figure it out. Yeah. And I know, like, because I played Lewis in the production, and I wanted to make him gay. I mean, yes, I'm very, <laughs> very gay in real life, but I was like, I kind of want to make him gay because Pippin has the line saying, it's interesting, it's uh, funny how you're interested in women now or some BS like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I kind of wanted to play off that line. I was like, I'm going to make him, like, kind of gay. Right. Like, not, like, be like, I'm fucking flaming. Put yeah. a fire alarm on, over me. It's going to go off. Yeah. The sprinklers will come but down. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to make it back. Gay. But like I did add a lot of flamboyance to it. Cause uh-huh. especially in the middle of rehearsal, I just, we were on a break and I did a death drop. And yeah. He goes, whoa, 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 whoa. We're putting that in. Yeah. Like yeah. where, where are you putting the sink in? Yeah. And he goes, 
we can do it during a little introduction. She goes, and whenever it talks about weightlifting, yep. you just death bop. drop into it. And I was like, <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah, that's the thing that I love about like directors who are who are willing to take little fun things that happens in the rehearsal room that's just happenstance and, and place it into the show somehow because yeah. one it's it it helps the actors feel like they're a part of building the story well i mean which they are um it wouldn't be happening without them but also you know g- giving a way of like the col- true collaboration of like yeah. concept and vision from the director and then the people who are bringing it to life. Yeah, it's 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 nice to have a director who has their idea already set in stone because that's mm-hmm. a fast, especially in a fast rehearsal process because you can just whip it out. But because at IU we have such a long rehearsal process. Yeah, working with Ken. Excuse me. You're good. The Coke is the Coke is, Coke is the Coke is bubbling up. <laughs> I am right there with you. Um, but Ken is like so great with yes, he he gets the show done. Like I think Pippin we staged that whole show within a month. Yeah. I'm pretty no, sure yeah, we had we, it up. No, we, yeah, we it did. Was done. We were ready. And Ken made it like a dance production, Pippin. It wasn't like just your normal Pippin. Right. It was like a full, every dance number was a dance, dance number. number. Yeah, I mean, I remember he, he would come to me after we would be choreographing something, and he'd just be like, what did I get myself into? Here we are. <laughs> and then, but I mean, it turns out great. It was great. an incredible I mean, show. He's, he made that like very ambitious, because he knew that, especially with the ensemble that we had for that show, it was such a strong ensemble. I mean, such a strong, strong ensemble. I mean, every, so I mean there wasn't a single person in that ensemble who couldn't do, like, three turns, like, yeah. like nobody's business. So, I mean, he was like, I'm just going to challenge and push this, push these kids as much it as I can. It was so cool. Like, especially, yeah. like, because, like, I thought I was just Lewis. I'm sitting off on the sides during the rest of the show, during my, not my scenes. I'm, like, coconut smoke, like, oh, right back there. And he goes, well, he's, I was sitting out one day. He goes, why are you sitting down? I'm like, uh, am I in this number? He goes, yeah. I go, but, 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 and he, but. he goes, yeah, you're going to have a different costume. Now get up here and learn this. I go, okay, yeah. let's go. And, and I just think that that his can do attitude really feeds into and helps like foster that oh my God. environment of like, all right, let's like one, we're having fun while we're doing this, but two, like we're just getting stuff. Cause done. like, yes, like I know some people get frustrated sometimes cause they're like, I can't pick up on the counts, but like Ken does it in a way. Because Ken doesn't always count. He'll do his, like, ooh, ah, like, yes. in his noises. But for some reason, that clicks so well. Uh-huh. Especially, like, I get it so well. And, like, people who don't normally get the counts, they pick up on it so fast. And it's so mm-hmm. nice to see that Ken cares so much. He's like, I'm going to find out a way for you to understand it. Right. And he'll, like, yeah. break it down. And then he knows when to have fun. Because, I mean, we'd be in a mobile rehearsal, and he'd all of a sudden just be singing gospel songs, or he'd just be breaking it down. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. I remember I remember when him and Terry just started singing uh, um, Come Thou Found or whatever. Oh, my God. Uh, or he something. popped off. He, he was popped hitting off. all those high notes. And we're like, yeah! It was, it was a grand time. So I guess what we're trying to say with this little section of the pod, work with Ken Roberson. We love Ken Roberson. Uh, He's iconic. I hope, I hope you're listening. My favorite quote. Yes, He's please. ever told me because this is also during Pippin. We're on stage. I think it. Uh, I don't remember. I, we were either doing spacing. I think it was like a first day in space. Mm-hmm. And it was me and the Casey's and I think Nina. We're sitting on the stage just chatting. We're talking about Avenue Q. Yes. Because if for the listeners who don't know, Ken choreographed Avenue Q on yep. the Broadway. On on the Broadway. Uh, and we were like, Hey Ken, so you're gonna put us in Avenue Q, right? And he goes, No. And we're like, Why not? And he goes. Y'all, y'all are pretty. You're not character <laughs> actors. He goes, all those people in Avenue Q, they're character actors. So you're too pretty for that. They got two big buck teeth. <laughs> oh, 
But no, and I was like, can I fucking love you? But also mm-hmm. give me a job. <laughs> no, but can I, I would love do, you? If I you're listening, do, I love you so much. You don't have to give me a job. You I would do enough. anything to work again, work with him again. Oh my God. But um, it's just, it's so fun. Yeah. Like he makes the process so fun. And even when people are getting sassy with him, he throws it right back. He's like, stay in your lane. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what you need in a good leader of a production. Somebody who can foster an environment where you feel comfortable, but you also know you're there to get work done. But you, that doesn't mean you can't have fun while you're getting yeah, the work done. Like I know, like I've had plenty of directors who are like kind of hypocritical and will, like leaving them over rehearsals or like are just so negative rehearsal. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. You expect us to be so well behaved, so um, professional, and keep a positive attitude no matter what. But yet you bring this negative energy, and they're like, no, 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 mm-hmm. that's not how it works. Right. Like, because then you're just making all of us negative. Which then when we get negative, you're going to get even more negative and it's just going to be a toxic environment. Right. But Ken, even if he's in a bad mood, because people get in bad moods. He, yeah. If he's in a bad mood, he he's still there to work. He's still there to work. He knows we got to get stuff done. And he also knows that he cares about every one of his performers mm-hmm. so much that he puts anything that's happening in his personal life, whatever's happening, he puts it aside and he's just like, you know what? We're going to get together. And if he knows you're in a bad day, he'll talk to you about it. He'll be like, what's going on? Are you good? Right. And yeah, and yeah. Just, yeah, like Josh said, work with Ken Roberson. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So do you have a, a certain production that you were a part of in your time here um, that you would say is like a standout for you that you got to, one, maybe grow most on or just had most fun with? I th- honestly, I'm, I'm probably going to stick with Pippin. One, it's yeah. my favorite show, and it was nice because in high school I got to play Pippin, uh-huh. and this time I got to play a different role from a different perspective of someone who's against Pippin. Right. Which I think was so much fun. I'm like, this is really fun because especially when you know the story so well that you're like, you can add little things in here that like, because these players are assholes. Like, they want yeah. him to fucking die. That's right. their end goal no matter what because the whole story is made up so that he gets to that point. They can sacrifice him to the sun gods. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's really fucked up and I think it's just fascinating to be like um, in this position where you're the one who's trying to manipulate him. Instead right. of just being this innocent person trying to find their way. So I thought that was so fun. And again, working with Ken is always about any Ken show I've worked on, I loved. Like, mm-hmm. You're in Town. Um, Which is a great oh show. My God. That's a that, slept on show. That show was so lit here. I think yeah. I saw like production photos recently. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. I'm like, we did that shit. Yeah, no, that was a great it was that, so fun That's a very slept on show. We got to be so derpy. Oh, yeah. That's what made forget, it so funny. Especially Max Fowler and I. Like, oh my we were gosh. like doing their, Rest they had a little Max love Fowler. song uh-huh. uh, between, um, what's his name? Bobby and Hope, uh-huh. and we had the boxes, the boxography, yep. and we were just doing all this derpy stuff on the sidelines. Ken never said no; yep. he just said keep it, keep it, because because that because he he once again he knows how to make how to how to form to the piece, you know. Yeah. And it was so subtle that unless you were looking at us, you would never see it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why he was like, "That's actually badass." Yeah. And then the finale, like. Because Max and I were in a lot of scenes together. In the finale scene where it was like, free to love whoever you want, Max and I would grab hands and we're like. Yeah. And there's only a f- handful of people who picked up on it. And when they did, they burst out laughing. I yeah. Was like, it's great. It's great. Yeah. So what do you think are like story? I, I, I like to ask this question oh. to everybody on the pod because I think that um, there's, there's such a wide array that um, theater artists have and not just theater artists. I mean, it's just artists in general. But uh, I feel like us, especially musical theater people, kind of kind of get placed in boxes of what kind of stories we are crafted to tell. But what are like stories that you're kind of drawn to or ones that you want to tell at some point in your life? I mean, 
I think, um, I mean, you mean like, what, can you elaborate on Yeah, that? so like just certain themes that oh, like gotcha. you like get drawn to you. I just think, <laughs> I'm bringing up Pippin because I just, I love that show. I just, those kind of shows, is, uh, Spring Awakening is another good example. Um, uh-huh. I'm trying to think of some other good ones. But like shows that like seem innocent to like the outside viewer, like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a show about someone trying to find themselves. This is a show about uh, young love. It's, but like the true intentions of the story are so much more darker and mm. lo- fucked up. Yeah. That really makes the audience think cabaret is another good example. Uh, Cause like yes. if you don't know cabaret and you go into that show, you're like, what the fuck am I watching? But you don't realize what's actually happening. There's like those scenes, like you're into cabaret, mm-hmm. which is like the facade of everything that's right. happening. Right. And then there's these scenes in between, between these other lovers, like in real life where like there's hate crimes being performed. And then in the finale, you know, the MC is, literally in the striped pajamas in the concentration camp. It's right. just like it, it, like it smacks the you out of nowhere. Like really give this innocent kind of view, even if it's not the most innocent, but like a more innocent, like not like the real themes like that, like are throughout the whole show, like cabaret, like it's just this cabaret. It's extravagant. It's great. Right. Like, especially if there's no troubles here, like that line, mm. especially because he says that uh, um, MC says that at the beginning and the ending, but in the ending, he says it more aggressively and the music is distorted. I just think those shows are brilliantly done. Like the way they're able to bring up this really fucked up shit, real life fucked up shit that happens. Right. And just shove it in your face, like deal with it. Mm. Like, and you didn't see it coming. It's just like inspiring and like shocking. And yeah. I think that's what leaves the biggest image with the audience. And mm-hmm. I'm like, th- those are kind of shows I would love to be a part of to like tell those stories to like, especially to see the look on like DJ's face whenever he saw the show and it like hit him what was happening. Right. Just seeing that reaction in the audience, like it's hitting them. It's like, there's we're something do, we're, yeah. we're getting the job done. We're doing the story. Right. When you have moments where you're able to catch audiences off guard and one, not only will it have the, um, have the theme or message that you're trying to give to your audience hit at a deeper level because you know, they're not, putting up any defenses or anything uh but also just it it gives a it gives the audience the um ability to step into the world of that play Mm -hmm. for just like one more second before the curtain goes down and they have to take their bows and everything and it's and like you said shows like that also um oh what's the oh damn it um now it's just gone uh it'll come to me but I feel like shows like the that where you have, you know, your your themes that are kind of permeating throughout, but they slowly weave their way into the audience's mind. Like, I, it's like if you're not like really looking for it, mm-hmm. you're gonna completely miss it yeah. until it's the last minute. And you're like, yeah. holy shit, what the fuck? Yeah, I love that. But it's that. like when you go back, you're like, there's now, something now it like, makes oh, sense. Yeah. Oh. And that's how you know when it's it's a crew who is committed to the work and the and the. Like and the, the writers the have big, done exactly an exceptional job. Yeah, like, that's that's when you know you're you're working with prime material. Is when it, there's stuff where you can not only is it there on the page of seeing that peppering through, but then when the director can bring that to the yeah. forefront. And another example, like I this is borderline, borderline, but like I kind of put Dear Evan Hansen in there as well. That's what I was because thinking. that's what I was thinking. As much as I don't, even like though like Dear the Van audience Hansen, yeah. knows what's happening, because yeah. the audience knows Evans made up this whole yeah, and thing. and the audience has seen like but just every like, other you don't expect movie. it to come cra- crashing down. Like you're like, oh, it's gonna just keep going. He's gonna work his way through it. But then what? What's her name? 
the other girl in the show. Uh, yeah, it's the the, you know, the one who is helping him with, yes, the, with yes. the nonprofit she's, and everything. Uh, yes, she when she drops the suicide or like she finds a suicide note and drops it. When that happened, when I saw the show, I was like, I've never been like gotten chills worse than that because like it happens and like they don't have the song, but like they have mm-hmm. like a little reprise of "You'll Be Found," but then yeah. add in the piped voices of like people on social media, right? And what they're saying about the family and everyone, I'm like. This is too much. Like I was mm-hmm. like, I can't handle. Yeah, this. I mean, I don't, I don't like. I've talked about my distaste for Dear Evan Hansen before on this podcast. It has its flaws. But it has its flaws, but like, the, like I'm saying, it is, it is still some great writing because purely because of that moment. It, it's in, like when that moment happened, I was like, mm-hmm. I was so shook. I was like, I did not expect that. I mean, I listened to the soundtrack. I knew something happened to like where it fell apart, but I didn't know exactly what happened. Yeah, but to find out that she's the one who dropped it all. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then words fail happens. Mm-hmm. And then oh, the words, song that, that the word yeah. sale is very sad. And like, it fucked me up. I saw I was sobbing, but the song that fucked me up the most was, um, so big, so small. Oh, that, yeah. That song. It's, I was a mess. I had this woman next to me. Be like, are you good? And I'm like, back up. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a second. Like I took my, uh, when it was on tour, my dad and I saw it in Chicago during audition season. And, um, my dad was like, do you really want to see this? I'm like, I, I mean, I would like to. I mean, if you don't want to, it's fine. But he's like, no, let's go. I just, I don't know if I like it that much. But my dad's learned to take my advice on shows because every uh-huh. show I've made him see, he's loved. Like, we great. saw Bands Visit. He loved that. Oh, uh, yeah. Ugh. So good. That show. Uh, great uh, comment. I introduced him to great comment. Oh, when wonderful. When he listened to the soundtrack, he's like, I hate this. But then mm-hmm. when we saw it. Well, that's like, one of the shows you need the context, you gotta, I think. You got to see it. It's, it's a yeah. long show, but it's a good one. Yeah. But when we saw Dear Van Hansen, he was so shook. He was like, that was incredible. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes, it has its flaws because like, I personally think Evan Hansen, worse should have happened to him because like, that's really fucked up shit that he did. Yeah. But, you know, I kind of gets off scot-free because they kind of glaze over the ending, the very ending. But right. Words fail. That section of the show is I, I will say as much as my problems with it lie more in just it's a very – the conventional story of like person A gets caught up in story of person B – by saying by making up this lie and then eventually it must be revealed to mm. person B that this person A has been lying this whole time. Like I've just seen that story a lot, but I do I do I I won't lie. I love the way that they add the social media aspect into it so, and cool. and I mean but as much as like I think that Pasek and Paul have some annoying pop music in their repertoire like I I Oh, I cannot deal with Greatest Showman, but they're they are they do know what they're doing. They are yeah, great musicians, it's, it's, and you can't you can't deny that. Yeah, and like I just really like it, like you said, like that story's been played out a lot, but mm-hmm. the way they still had it kind of fall apart because when the person B re- realized what this was all a lie, yeah, it didn't go in person A's favor because you know, and and the Golden Age shows that she's like, I don't care because I'm still in love, in love with, with you. you. You're yeah. great. But Let's no. run off together but forever. You fucking lied about my being my brother's best friend who committed suicide so you can get closer to me. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. And like the way they brought that real world aspect of being like, this wouldn't actually end in a happy way. Yes, no. But Tragedy. Like, the, one, <laughs> the one thing that bugs me is just the last scene. Because I'm yeah. sorry. Zoe, this boy, if he had actually done this to you. You would never talk you to would him. never, never talk, talk to him again. again. You would have gotten a restraining order. You would have been the fuck out of there. Right. But yeah. I digress. But it's still like, it's a good show. Like I love the show. Yeah. But it's just that's my fault. Yeah. I'm like, I kind of wish Evan Hansen would have gotten a little bit more backlash. More, yeah, more come up. Maybe I would have liked it more if he got a little bit more comeuppance. But 
I still think they did a great job with. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, you got to end the show on a happy note, regardless, because you don't want the. Well, I mean, you don't. Have you to. don't have to. But usually, Pippin does not end on a happy note. Uh, oh, you're right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Like the it, last... it, well, it depends. It depends on how you do it. Well, if you no, do it with with Theo walking off with them, then it's pretty kind of happy. But if you do it where Theo, Theo comes back, them, yeah, it's like then you're like, oh, so they're gonna again. kill this kid. They're gonna kill the kid. Wonderful. Instead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so. yeah. Well, my friend. Well, we're coming into the last few minutes of um, our pod here, our conversation. Yes, I know. The hour flies, man. But That was really fast. I know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we are coming into our last moments here at IU. Um, oh, Jesus I know, Christ, I know. Josh. What the hell? Sorry, I'm here, to, I'm here to lay down the hard questions. What's some things that you just really want to, you know, get accomplished here before you, you know, head off to the big city, the big well, apple? I mean, here's the thing. I think we're all at the point because we're seniors and we're all very talented. Our class is very incredibly talented. Mm-hmm. I think we're all at the point where we're starting to outgrow IU because I know a lot of our class mm. isn't happy with a lot of things that happen here. Sometimes like we're like, we wish it was the ways of old, but at the same time, because we're jaded, but at the same time, change happens and the program's growing. Yeah. But I think we've kind of reached our limit of like, because, like, in high school, you reached your limit. Like, you're, you're the big fish in a small small pond. Yeah. But then you got to go to the bigger lake. Right. And I think we're about to do that. We're finally big fish in this small pond that is IU. Right. And we've grown so much to the point where we're ready. I, 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 mean, I, I would agree with you. There, I, there I, is always going to be that insecurity mm-hmm. of, like, am I really ready? Because, mm-hmm. like, but when you go to these summer stock calls, you see these other performers from other schools. Like, especially, mm-hmm. like, you know, the really well-known ones where, um, like, CCM, UMish other yeah. ones like that great schools great schools but and not put out wonderful performers but like yeah. and like i know a lot of people are like am, am i gonna be able to compare but like you go to these schools especially with our class like when we go to these summer stock calls we see these other kids i'm like i'm right there with them mm-hmm. so it's like it's not as intimidating thing. so i think like i'm really ready to graduate i've said this to so many people i'm like i'm done i'm yeah. like get me the fuck out of here <laughs> but um i mean I, yes i am terrified but i think we just all just need to enjoy these moments because, like, when people say college goes fast, they, they mean it. Yeah, like, I mean, it's It feels true. like yeah. – I remember – I think back to things happen freshman year, like certain parties and stuff, like Dirty Disney freshman year mm-hmm. with you being carried oh, away. Boy. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> boy. <laughs> it's like stuff like that. I'm like, holy shit, that was four years ago. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Yeah. It's wild. I mean, I think – I actually was listening to a very interesting podcast. Uh, um, yes, and for listeners, drink um, if you're following the uh, Bloomington Spirits uh, drinking game. Um, but there's uh, – on Armchair Expert uh, with Dax Shepard, he had um, Craig T. Nelson on. And Craig T. Nelson had this very interesting perspective of, like, of course time will move faster as you get older and over, bec- older and older because when you're five years old, a year when you've only experienced five years of life – a year fe- it's, that's going like to feel like forever. But once you get to the point where you're at, you know, your, your thirties or forties, you've experienced 30, 40 years of your life. So that's only going to be your fraction of where, when you're a five-year-old turning six, one year of that is a fifth of your lifetime. When you get to 30 years old, one year of that is one, one thirtieth of your lifespan. Yeah. So just naturally time will feel like it's progressing faster it is it's a terrifying thing but i mean it makes you feel like uh you got to hold on to those moments and those experiences faster which is something that i'm trying to do with this last year i'm like i'm just trying to embrace everything that happens take time for myself like and if i'm like if people like let's do this and if i say no like especially with auditioning for shows i'm like i'm sorry this is 
my last year in college as well. Mm-hmm. I will never get another time like this. I'm going to do what I want to do and make the memories I want to make. Absolutely. What was your question to start this off again? Just like if there's things that you want to do, like off your checklist. It doesn't even have I mean, to be performing. Well, one, I want to go to another frat party because those are. <laughs> I've, I've never been to one. I went to one last year during Little Five. I'm sure that was wild. It was a foam party. My shoes were ruined. But, I mean, like, that. but, like, I just want to really make some great memories because, like, yeah. I mean, yes, there's, we're all going to get, we're all very busy. If you haven't noticed, like, we're all of our classes, yeah. like, we barely see each other when we're not in class. I know, we're all and doing it's shit. sad. I, I miss, I miss a lot of the class just, a lot of times. It's just, like, I'm, I'm excited. Me I too. I think our class is going to do incredible things. I agree. I, I feel like one one thing about our class. Sorry to interrupt with you. No, I just want to gas up our class real quick. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, listeners who have heard me gas them up a lot. But I feel like we have, um, our class has this like gumption of like we want to get things done. We know where our weaknesses lie, and we pinpoint those and try to make those yeah. our strengths. And it's weird. It's like our class is one of the most cohesive classes, in my opinion, to come through IU. Oh, at, oh like, I, I agree 100%. I hear horror stories of classes who didn't have a freshman showcase because their classes didn't get along. I hear horror stories about how people have, like, fought, like, fist fight right. in classes. But our class, even though there are, like, we may not like each other 100%. Like, right, like, we're not going to go, like, hey, let's go to Buffaloes, like, like after rehearsal like, or like, something. Like I yeah. said earlier in the podcast, like, people beheads. So you're personal. You can't please right. everyone. But we still care enough, like, care enough for each other to where if you were on the edge of a bridge, I would be there to help you. Oh, absolutely. Our entire class, anyone. Absolutely. It's like, period. It's like, that's how much, like, our class, like, yes, we might not all be the best of friends, but we still love each other. It's like a family. Like, there are some family members you fucking hate. Yeah. Like, there may be an aunt who's homophobic in my situation but i'm like fuck you bitch <laughs> but like you you won't like everyone but right. it's like you right. still care enough for them if they were in a dire life or death situation you would help them yeah and that's what i think i mean our it's it's held our that that desire of wanting to have the cohesive class and be that class that kind of like you know differentiates itself i feel like that desire has held us together yeah and like we are all so very 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 different like oh yeah every single one of us. It, it, when people like especially when per- perspectives or people come and try to like you, you get a vibe for the school and things like that when people say that iu musical theater and the department at large um likes to focus on a individualized personal track of like what are your strengths what are your weaknesses let's get those down to like yeah. what you need because like I feel like we we know you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> I feel like we foster a great environment for for that yeah. for that individual nature. Because I know there's a typical like cookie cutter like you need to be the same as everyone else. Like you need to have the same skill set. But cookie cutters don't cut it anymore. You you can't just be a triple threat anymore. You got to be quadruple threat. You have to yeah. have something else. Yeah. You have to be a singer, dancer, actor, musician, gymnast, podcaster, podcaster. <laughs> you like you're an excellent musician like that's an Thank additional you. skill like i can't fucking play the guitar for shit i can play like a chord i can't turn four times in a row there you go see all of us are different but it's all like so different you know we all live off that like we thrive off it like mm-hmm. here's my strength here's your weakness here's my weakness what can we make out of it we can like make it a fucking yeah let's make a fucking yeah. ballet where yeah. you're playing the guitar accompanying us <laughs> we'll fucking dance our asses it'd be off. gorgeous it'd yeah be gorgeous i'd be there for that ballet period front row period front row center. we're charging a hundred dollars a ticket i'm i'd pay 200 i'd pay 300 okay well just kidding i have like 200 yeah, 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 so like, yeah my, ba- my, my paycheck 
drops Friday. So I'm like, let's make so, it Friday. <laughs> well, okay. Just for sh- for shits and gigs, oh, since you're here. Gigs. Um, usually we don't go this long, but yeah, I just, so I just, I I just want to like, ask. No, no. I'm loving this conversation, Henry. Um, and I'm happy that you're here. But um, <laughs> what would you say um, if you could pinpoint one like really great memory that you know you're going to carry with you from your college career? It doesn't I mean, obviously, I'm sure you have tons. But so, so many. But that's just like the first that comes <laughs> so to many mind. ratchet memories. Well, one that I always just sticks hear. with me a lot. Is who was it? I think I was either in Katie or Luke's room, who are my roommates. Wonderful. Um, I was in their room and they have a picture from our class uh, barbecue. I think it was sophomore going into junior or right. junior going at my at the DBC. Yeah, DB, it was sophomore going junior. Yep, great, great time. I, I saw that picture that and I was like, that was one of my favorite college memories. I mean, yes, there's so many like Dirty Disney is iconic. Yeah, there are so many senior sh- uh, senior uh, senior send off freshman year, which turned into freshman send off, where all of us were gonzo, like done, like all of us were dead. Toasted, and the seniors were fine, and we're all like, Larry. I, <laughs> I remember Kiko grabbed me. She goes, "I'm giving you a ride home," <laughs> and I go, no. "I was like, where are we going?" She goes, "Home." And I go, oh. "I'm like, okay." Uh, let's fine. go. Let's she threw it. me in the back of Mary Beth's car and drove me back to Forest. And I was like, <laughs> let's go. Beep, beep. But I'm like, I just think about that stuff. I'm like, yes, that's funny and iconic. But one thing that really sticks to me always, and also Freshman Showcase, that always will stick to yeah, me. Yeah, I agree. But I just will never forget our little Kiki barbecue. Yeah. And it was like this, it was a last minute thing. Oh, and it was like it was just lasting the, at DBC. It was, it, was, it, was, it was the very last thing. And also we got up on that roof. We like did shotguns. We cooked out, and it, it was just so nice. And like, it, like you said, it was an impromptu thing. And and it was like, just the thirteen it was like of us. Everyone was there. And like, and even if people like people like would come and go. Like I know uh, some people left early. Some people came late. But I think at one point, everyone in our class was there. Yeah. And I was like, that's like, I mean, that's rare in between because like there's always like we'll try to do class dinners here and there, but not everyone's able to make it because we're all extremely busy. Right. But, like that was one time I remember we were all there. Yeah. Every single one of us, and we took that cute ass picture on the porch. Yep, it's a beautiful day. It was. Mm-hmm. It was in. A, it was in April. Yeah, like it was April, April like right before we were but all dipping out. It was like it was such a nice day. It was so fun, and I think that just really showed like what our class is about. Like we all care about each other. We can get together and have a fun time. Yeah, because like, and I, not to be shady to these other classes, but to be shady, it just seems <laughs> like there's not as. Cohe- they're not as cohesive because it's like there's always I mean there's clicks in every class I mean there's clicks in our class yeah, but it's like I mean, the yes. clicks are like there but their their walls are not like solid it's like right. you, people come and go like you it's can, a like, uh, I, I will invite you into my group of friends you can invite me to your right. group of friends everyone's friends in our class I like to think of it as almost a uh, uh, bead curtain yeah like you can just walk through you It's just, walk I through. mean yes it's, it's there totally it's fun. blocking your view a little bit like you don't know exactly what all's going on there right but you can stick your head in like you yeah. can come over whenever yeah let's have a kiki speaking let's of go- which can I come over after this I'd love to just keep chilling sure great I don't give a shit it's a plan I just got homework so I mean I don't oh, really cool. give a shit cool. I'll just stay here and like we can we can keep chatting. We can just keep chatting. <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> that's what's great about our class is like, even if we're not the closest, it's like, we still talk. Yeah. We're still friends. Like, for example, like Maddie Allender and I, like we, we weren't the closest sophomore year, mm-hmm. but last year we got extremely close, especially during Titus mm. and girl. I love that girl. Yeah. Like that bitch ride is my die. homie. I'm like, you're my ride or die now. Yeah. And I'm like, sorry, Maddie, you're stuck with me. <laughs> sorry, Maddie. I love you so much. I hope you yeah, don't Maddie. get offended by me adding you, but like, <laughs> but I just, I just, I love our class. Like yeah, our class is the best. Best class ever. Woo! 
prove me wrong. IU prove 2020 me wrong, theater. bitches. If well, you I, try to prove me wrong, I'm literally going to hunt you down because I'm an aggressive ass bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's a wonderful note to end on. Henry, I'm really thankful that you well, came. Thank you thank for you. having me. Of course. Of course. I can't wait for. Uh, thank you for this. Of course. It was a uh, wonderful time, um, and I can't wait. I'd love to have you on again if you'd ever want to be. Girl, just ask me. Of course. You know I'm – well, you know I'm like, give me the alcohol, and I'm like, I'm there. But <laughs> so I'm chat. like, this is fun. Yeah, like, no, this absolutely. is lit. Absolutely. Well, thank you, listeners, so much once again, and I hope we catch you guys next week. So grab a cold one. Have a great day, guys. Bye, y'all.